But if you would turn to Jeremiah 18, verses 2 through 6. That's Jeremiah 18, verses 2 through 6. All right. Jeremiah 18, 2 through 6. All right. And I'll be reading. I'll read it for you. It says, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels, and the vessels that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, this is Jeremiah speaking, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. If I can just bring to you a topic for encouragement, is just simply, I'm broken for better. Quick definition, definition of broken. Number one, having been fractured or damaged and no longer in one piece or in working order. Two, having given up all hope, despairing. Definition number three, having breaks or gaps in continuity and speech as if overcome by emotion or with many mistakes. Definition number four, having an uneven or rough surface. In our text, God called Jeremiah and told him to go see a potter at work and he would tell him what he has to say to his people once Jeremiah got there. Israel was at one of his lowest points again. They were in bondage and suffering at the hands of the Babylonians because of sin and rebellion to God. The things that they suffered were so intense and went on for so long that Israel gave up hope in God. It was a common thought that their suffering was going unnoticed by God and that there may not be anything that he could or would do for them. Sometimes we fall into that same thought process because of the things we've done or have to deal with on a daily basis. Problems on a job, problems at home, feelings of inadequacy, feeling unloved, sickness, and the list goes on. It's one thing when we deal with something one time and it's done. You can handle that. But when the problem or temptation sticks around or keeps coming back, that's when things get serious. We may be able to fight for a while. We may be able to mount up a defense for a little while. But each time we fight, we are steadily being chipped away at by those same temptations, problems, issues, situations. We begin to fracture. 
we start losing our continuity and our defenses get weaker. The enemy knows that he won't beat us with just one hit. He knows that he can't knock us down or cause us to go to pieces with just one attempt. He knows that we know the scripture in 1 John 4 and 4 that says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He knows that we know that scripture, so he's not going to count on one big knockout. He's calculating. He's calculating that if we can, if we can keep bringing up the same temptations and problems mixed with new ones over and over and over again, this will cause us to slowly break apart and ultimately lose hope because of our effectiveness and strength have diminished. The first part of Daniel 7.25 says, And he shall speak great words against the Most High. He's speaking them in times now, but it's still a tactic. And shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Look at how things get twisted. We get down and lose hope because of the things we're facing. We get down because we get a report that we may not want to hear. We get down because we don't have the know-how or strength to fight our way out or what we may be facing, again, is just too much this time around. We start thinking that all hope is lost because we're weak. We think that there's no victory because we've tried it and failed over and over again. We think that this must be the end because we're broken. But I come to tell you that the devil is a liar. The Bible tells me in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Look at what this verse is telling us. It's letting us know that when we get to that broken state, when we get to the point of fracturing, when we get to the point of loss of continuity, that's when God does something with us that wasn't going to happen before because we were still put together. This world and even us, we place a high value on the way we're put together. People place a high value on the way that they're put together. We spend a great deal of time on our appearance and making ourselves look presentable. Going to the gym, makeup, haircuts. Yeah, I just got mine. Even today, we come and we have on our sneakers. Some are wearing Adidas. Some are wearing Nike. Some of y'all got on sneakers I can't pronounce. Was Balenciago or whatever that expensive stuff y'all like to wear? Somebody probably got on a pair of red bottom sneakers even right now. I don't know how, but we do these things. We dress up. We look the part. We, we, we go all out to, to, to fit in, to dress up, to cover up. But yet we're still broken. 
And people will try to determine our value based on the way we look and even by our positions in life and even in the church. But at our best, we're still marred pieces of clay in the hands of the potter. But if you look at, you look at that word marred, it, it's not only broken, but it's useless. It's of no more value. It's, it's, it's not good anymore. It's dirty. It's, it's, it's unpresentable. But look what it says in Jeremiah 18 and 4. I'm going to read the Good News translation. It says, whenever a piece of pottery turned out imperfect, he would take the clay and make it into something else. When we give our brokenness to the potter, he makes us into something else. There's something more he wants to put in us so he can get even more out of us. So even though we're marred, even though we're useless, even though we're broken, even though we're dirty, even though we have no more value, we're still in the potter's hands. That's the part right there. We're in the potter's hands. So no matter how bad you are, no matter how messed up you are, no matter what you've done, if you come and just put your situation, if you come and put yourself, if you come and take your brokenness and get into the hands of the potter, put your put brokenness in the hands of the master, he'll take everything that you aren't and make you what he wants you to be. But before the potter made the new vessel out of the broken pieces, he had to break it up. <laughs> so you're already broken. You may be well put together or what you think, but you're still broken. But when you go to God, he says, I need to break more. There's still some more crushing that needs to go on. Right? I'm not going to get rid of you, but I just need to get rid of those things about you. I'm not going to get rid of you. I just need to get rid of those things that have attached themselves to you. I'm not going to get rid of you. I just need to break those bad habits that you engage in. Can you stand the breaking process? Look at somebody and tell them I'm broken for better. The first thing we have to do, number one, it says take it to the potter. Let's look at verse two, Jeremiah 18, verse two. All right. So arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause thee to hear my word. Going to the potter's house is a sign of obedience to God and surrender to his word. Whether it's because of sin or circumstance, we have to be willing to surrender to God. Sin never gets fixed. Sin gets forgiven. We keep trying to fix our sin. We keep trying to fix the things that we've done wrong. Sometimes we keep trying to fix our bad decisions. No, we need to go repent and get forgiven and let God fix the brokenness that came from the sin. 
And even if it's a situation, you didn't make the situation go bad, so you can't fix it. And if you did cause the situation to go bad, what makes you think you can fix it? We have to surrender our own will. We have to surrender our own desires. We have to surrender our own thought processes that's been governed by the prince and, pa prince and ruler of the air. This world system, right? We know that this world system is a system that's in place that's designed by Satan to leave God out. We keep doing things that leave God out. We want to fix our own problems, but that don't bring glory to God. Or when we decide to do it, we want to sprinkle a little Jesus on it and think that we're doing it for God. Doesn't work that way. If you haven't surrendered, if you haven't been obedient, if you haven't asked for repentance, whatever it may be, you can sprinkle as much Jesus on this thing as you want, you'll never fix your brokenness. You can over-psychologize it. You can say that I was just made that way. You can say that it's a, I'm a, a, function, a product of my environmental conditioning. You can say that it's some type, of, some type of degenerative process. You can say it's some type of dysphoria. But the fact is, the brokenness that we experience, only the one who made us can make us right. You may have a real issue. But the one who has the real solution, we have to surrender and submit to. There's a time, there are times when nothing is making sense. All that you know to do isn't working. And it seems like things aren't getting better. But the scripture says that there's a word waiting for us at the potter's house. See, when you surrender, God sends a message. That's, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't buy into... I don't buy into a whole lot of, I got a word for you, I got a word for you. Word. Do you know if I surrendered yet? And if your word don't got nothing to do with me surrendering, then you really can't tell me about, foretell me about things that's gonna happen to me that are of abundance if I haven't done the first thing, which is surrender and submit it. That's just James Wilson 101. But there's a word when we surrender and we submit. God says, then you will hear my word. You want to know why we having such a hard time hearing God today? It's not that God stopped talking. It's not that God stopped doing miracles. We stopped surrendering. We stopped surrendering the way that we should. We've implemented more of the world and how we do things. And God said, well, you want the world, then you don't need my word. Right? Let's move on. He said that there's a word at the potter's house, a word that says he'll put us back together with more anointing, more power, with more love and patience, more knowledge and more understanding, with more wisdom and more discernment. When we are broken and we go to the potter's house, he adds more of the good things he originally used when he first made us. He puts even more care and detail in putting us back together. That's why we don't look like what we've been through. We don't act like what we used to. We don't do the things we used to do. We don't involve ourselves with people we were involved with. Our speech has changed. Our thought process has changed. 
We just have to stop by the potter's house. Tell somebody I'm broken for better. Point number two. We don't only have to go to the potter's house, but we have to endure the process. Let's look at verse 4. Jeremiah 18, verse 4. It says, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make. The potter took the marred clay, and instead of fixing it or trying to patch it up, he sent it through the breaking and baking process again. So not only is he going to break us, he's going to bake us. He's going to put us back through the fire. And the truth be told, with some of the hell that we've been through, we ought to come out on fire. When we're in pain and in a struggle battling sickness, Jesus knows that in our weakened condition, our flesh's first inclination is to turn away from the things of God. Satan told God that if he let him get to Job, that Job would curse God to his face. Jesus has to make sure that all of the good things he originally put in us are still there. Will we hold on to his unchanging hand when we're broken in the baking process? Will we stand for righteousness when we're broken and in the baking process? Can we lift up someone else in prayer when we're still broken and in the baking process? Will we still believe that he's a healer even though we're still broken and in the baking process? Will we still speak well of him in praise and worship when we're still in the broken and baking process? Because when we're broken, what's inside of us tends to come out of us. You want to see how somebody really acts? Let things go wrong for them in their life and they'll show you who they are. Being in adversity doesn't show... Adversity doesn't build character. Adversity just shows us what type of character you already are. We have to put our broken pieces in the potter's hands. Because remember, he was the one that made us in the beginning. If you look at it, Jesus endured the process. He was spit on. His beard was plucked. He received 39 lashes. He was punched in his face. His skin ripped from his body and ultimately nailed to a cross for something that he didn't do. Up until this point, Jesus' ministry was doing pretty good. He was walking on water. He was healing sick people. He was raising the dead. He was giving the blind sight. He was, he was, he was doing all of these things. He was confounding the spiritual leaders at that time. So everything seemed to be going pretty good for Jesus. But it wasn't until after when he went through the breaking process of the cross and gave it all to God that he started, that the better started to materialize. Everything that Jesus did before the cross was great, but it would have meant nothing to us if he didn't go to the cross. Jesus could have lived for a thousand years doing all of that, but if he doesn't get whipped, die, go into the grave and then get up on the third day, it would have been nothing to us. Jesus sitting on the cross dying, he didn't look, he didn't go to rebuke the people. He didn't go to try and get revenge, but he told the Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. 
He put his broken pieces into the hands of God at his most trying and hurtful time in his life. We're all made better once we go through the breaking process. God can better use us once he breaks us. And there's an anointing when we put our broken pieces in his hands. Look at the poor widow that gave two mites. She was broken, but Jesus said that her gift was greatest of all. Paul's ship was broken, but it was on the broken pieces that they all made it to safety. The Pharisees wanted to shun the woman that broke the alabaster box, but Jesus said that she'll be remembered forever. The woman with the issue of blood was broken, but with one touch, she was made healed. The thief hanging next to Jesus was broken, but with one question, he received paradise. Jesus' flesh was broken, but with his stripes, we can all be healed. Tell somebody I'm broken for better. Point number three. Darrell, we're almost out of here. We have to trust his promise. Let's look at verse six. Jeremiah 18 and six. O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hands, so are ye in my hands, O house of Israel. God promises that he will perfect all that we commit to his hands. We are made complete and reach our full potential when we are placed in the, in the hands of the potter, in the hands of someone experienced, in the hands of someone that knows what to do with those broken pieces. And we're only better once the breaking happens. There are fire alarms all around this church. The alarms serve a purpose and they're tested to make sure that they're in good working order periodically. But in order to get the full potential of the alarm, you have to break the glass. In order to get the full potential out of you, there's some breaking God's going to have to do. And then when you get into the hands of a skilled person, then the fullness of who you can be in God is now manifest. I know it's you Sunday, but um, I'm going to tell you young people about this show that I used to watch. I don't know if anybody's ever seen it before. I think I might be the only one. Now there was a show about this man, Colonel Steve Rogers. Six million dollar man, so some of you saw it before. Let's say amen for our pastor being in the house. Come on, if we're going to do it, let's do it. All right, he's telling me to go on. So with this guy, they call him the $6 million man, but he was a colonel in the Air Force. And he served. He did all these wonderful things for the country. But he got to a point where he was broken. He was in an accident. He was now useless. He was now unpresentable. He couldn't fly anymore. He couldn't fight anymore. He couldn't do any of the things that he trained and practiced to do. And the ones who were supposed to help him, the doctors, they said, we can't do nothing for him. 
But it wasn't until somebody took his broken pieces and gave them to a special group of doctors. And they said, we have the technology to rebuild him. They said, we're not only gonna rebuild him, but we're gonna make him better, stronger, and faster. But it wasn't until he got into the hands of the one skilled enough to make him better than what he was when he was broken. I'm telling you today that when you take your brokenness to God, when you take all the broken pieces of your life, when you take the broken pieces of your depression, when you take the broken pieces of your upside down life that you're living and go to the potter's house, submit and surrender, God will give you a word and he'll take your brokenness and make it into something better. Give God a praise. When our broken pieces are in Jesus' hands, we can rest assured that he will perform the good work that he started. The Bible tells us in Romans 28, excuse me, Romans 8 and 28, it says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And what is his purpose, you ask? I'm so glad you did. We find it in John 10 and 10. It says, the thief cometh not but to, for to steal and to kill and destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. His purpose is also found in Luke 4 and 18. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That's what we're going to do at Church Without Walls. He says that to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised. His purpose is also found in John 17 and 13. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in them. His purpose is also found in Matthew 18 and 11. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. His purpose is found in John 4 and 34. Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish the work. Every broken area in our lives, he promises to make better. The broken pieces that were gossiped about, he'll make them better. The broken pieces that others look down on, he'll make them better. The broken pieces that said don't amount to anything, he'll make them better. The broken pieces that leave us feeling empty, he'll make them better. The broken pieces that hold us hostage, he'll make them better. Our broken dreams, he'll make them better. Our broken relationships, he'll make them better. Our broken heart, he'll make it better. Our walk with God will be better. Our prayer life will be better. Our witness will be better. Our praise will be better. Our worship will be better. Our testimony will be better. We'll have better discernment, better fasting, better consecration. We'll be better parents. We'll be a better spouse. We'll be better preachers. We'll be a better evangelist. We'll be better friends. We'll be better soul winners. We'll be better givers. We'll be better children of God. It doesn't make a difference of how you were broken. It doesn't make a difference of the mistakes that you made. It doesn't make a difference of the sin that you committed. If you just come back to the potter, if you can get out of Lodi Bar, 
car and get down to the potter's house. If you can bring your depression, drag your depression, drag those suicidal thoughts, drag that hung down head all the way to the potter's house. God said that I'll bring it back better. I'll turn your broken pieces into the better that I have for you. Give God a praise.